And welcome back to this week's episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Our dad is out of out of the studio. It is just <laughs> me and Brennan this week. We have no supervision, which means absolutely no rules. Um, I might just not even talk about box office this week. Just talk about something just incredibly boring and just awful just to alienate into our entire audience and just make our dad not proud of us anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, Colin, we love you. <laughs> We'll see you next week. Um, Brennan, how did you feel about this week? This was a very exciting weekend. I had my Captain Marvel projections quite low just because I guess I got caught up in what was going on online, all the controversy, and I thought maybe it would take a hit. But it's clear that that was not the case. It blew past expectations. $153 million domestically this weekend, $455 million uh, global opening. That is the sixth largest global opening of all time. This is a very good weekend at the box office. We are finally, finally getting into uh, strong weekends. We are rejuvenated at the box office, and I'm looking forward to seeing now summer kind of start a little bit early. Yeah, it's. I guess I'll just run through everything real quick, and then we'll get deeper into Captain Marvel here. So, yeah, like as you said, Captain Marvel opened 153 million opening weekend, which as far as... Um, all projections I saw, I saw like 100, 100 even, and then 120, so it really blew those out of the water. And then number two this week, we have How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. It's in its third weekend. It grossed almost $15 million at the U.S. box office, about 14.7. So another nice, decent chunk of change for that movie. And then in third, we have Amadea Family Funeral, which is kind of doing pretty well. It's got $12 million this week in its second week. And then in the four and five spots, we have Lego Movie 2 and Alita with both three million and change. So, yeah, let's just go right into Captain Marvel here. This movie, I think part of this shows just how crazy, like, just Marvel fever is in general right now. So we have, yeah, 455 million worldwide, which is ridiculous, like, to start out. Yeah. Um, it's, I've seen... This movie was a little less expensive than other Marvel movies. This is a hundred and fifty-two uh, million production budget, um, so it made it made its budget back just in the U.S. this weekend. So and it made four hundred and fifty-five. So it basically tripled its production budget opening weekend, which is kind of crazy. So, uh, regardless of what you thought of the movie, it's gonna it's gonna make ridiculous amount of money. It'll probably push for probably get close to a billion depending on its legs, but we can talk about that. But this is just really another just good day for Marvel. They just keep ranking and cranking all that money in. It's it's just wild. It's it it's amazing how the amount of success they've had in recent years. Yeah, for sure. I think there's no such thing as superhero fatigue right now, especially uh in terms of Marvel. I think that they're just they're owning the box office. You've seen uh the last few months there've been a little uh, there've been lackluster performances at the box office from films that we expected to do well. Lego Movie 2 is an example. You could argue Glass in its opening weekend underperformed, but it still had a low production budget, so it made its money back. Then you also have Alita. You have films that are just underperforming. But Captain Marvel rejuvenates the box office, and that's what Marvel is doing. They are truly the driving force in the box office these last few years. I don't know when it will end. I think maybe after Endgame you can see fatigue, but who knows? Mm -hmm. there, it could be a never-ending line. I mean, someday... They've got to slow down, but I think this is a really uh, a really strong sign that Marvel is still in its prime, still in its peak, and I think it really proves that Endgame is going to open up to ridiculous numbers. 
Yeah, and we can, I think, because the weird thing is this movie was really um, successful in China this weekend. It made almost $90 million, which some, it's kind of, China is kind of weird with these Marvel movies. It's really hit or miss. It really just kind of depends on the subject uh, matter for a lot of them. Like, I I can't remember. There's one, I think maybe the the Guardians movies don't do very well over there. There's something, it's just, it's really hit or miss. So this movie opened really, really well there. And... Um, it's opened in basically every market so far. I think the, the only one left that has is Japan next week, but it's it basically did a worldwide everywhere release this week. Just I guess I think Marvel's been doing a little more of that in recent years, just to avoid spoilers for people oh, yeah. on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, because we saw that they really made that push that hard with uh, Infinity War, where it just released everywhere on the same day. Just because I think that's really smart, and it's just they're just really just tipping the cat to the fans and saying, Hey, we don't want the movie to be ruined for you. But yeah, 455 million worldwide. And I mean, I think this is another really smart thing with, with uh, Disney and Marvel where we have Endgame coming up in what about like five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Captain Marvel is obviously still going to be in theaters. And I imagine that when we talk about the legs of this movie, it's just going to, it's going to do really well just because as this movie, like after like the third week, like of this movie being in theaters, everyone's going to turn to Endgame, and so they're going to start doing all of these marathons. People are going to go back to Captain Marvel again, because I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie. I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the end credits sequence certainly moves just right into Endgame. So, and there's definitely things to look at there in terms of how this fits into the greater universe. So, this I think, for, as far as I mean. It's really hard to guess these movies when they're just kind of like the phenomenon. They have a phenomenon possibility, but I could really see this movie pushing for something around a billion, maybe tapping out like a little below that. I would say um, its cinema score has been really solid, which I think is another important part of this. It's had an, it had an A cinema score, which means basically. I mean, cinema score is a little weird. It doesn't say people just rated it an A. They thought it was it was graded an A. It just meant that, in terms of the movie meeting their expectations of what they would expect in the film, it did it really well. So I think that's a weird distinction. It's an interesting distinction there. But it's it's really interesting how it really blew up. I didn't see. I guess like what like 125 million on the pod last week. But yeah, and I put 119. So I was a little bit off. Yeah, and I think I think what was Colin even was. He was about 120, 125, I think. Yeah. So we had, yeah, we didn't see this coming. And I think this goes back to another really interesting topic where, I mean, we've seen in recent weeks where there's, there's been like that unfortunate uh, vocal minority who's just just kind of been trashing this movie and trying to, we had the whole thing with Rotten Tomatoes and there's even a bigger development with that this week where they had to, just get rid of a bunch of user reviews because it was just obvious that things were, they were just spamming the the movie to make it look less favorable on the website. But yeah, I think because, I mean, because we're so um, closely tied to all of this industry stuff where we just fail to realize sometimes that even while that, that vocal minority is annoying and it's loud, it's, it's a small. It's a really small part of the of the entire population because most people are just going to go to this movie and say, "Oh, that was a fun, that was a fun movie." I'm glad they went and they go about their lives, and that's really it. They don't really, they're not on film Twitter every day, and it's just kind of interesting to realize. It kind of really just puts that in perspective for this week, where it's 
there's just a lot of negative buzz around Captain Marvel. I mean, for unfortunate reasons, but it still just did really well. And I think that just goes back to everyone just doesn't really care for the most part. And just wants to kind of see a fun superhero movie. Um, I don't know what you think. On, I don't know what you think on that, but I just, that just really struck me this week when I saw the numbers. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that this is definitely a sign that, uh, that issues like that, that controversy like that, it's not going to hurt a movie as much as you may think. I think that we can definitely uh, learn from that going forward. Um, and in maybe future predictions, not put a movie down a little bit just because of some negative buzz. I think that definitely what you're saying is hundred percent correct. People don't, they don't care as much as you'd think. I mean, on film, Twitter, stuff like that. People, people aren't, that's not a, an average moviegoer. You have millions of people that go and see these movies and they're not really going to be phased by these um, big controversies that are going on within, within the uh, sort of uh, movie lover universe, so to speak, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, but I think that Rotten Tomatoes has done the right thing by removing some scores. I think a lot of them were bots, I've heard. Uh, yeah, it's just thing. a bunch of weird stuff going on there, but yeah. Yeah, it's... but I mean, moving away from some of that controversy, the film did incredible this weekend, um, and I must say, I think it was definitely very smart of them to release pretty much every market at once, as you said. It's it's a smart thing to do, especially not only for the fans, but for um, numbers-wise. They can now say that they have the sixth largest opening weekend of all time. That wouldn't be the case if they split up the markets and stuff like that, so, so it was very smart for them to release uh, this film in, in pretty much every market in the same weekend. And I think for sure a billion dollars is what they will hit. Um, I'm pretty confident at a little over a billion, 100%. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see the... Because um, we're dealing with kind of like a multiplier effect. And with all of these, where it's kind of like how much the movie will make times its uh, opening gross uh, throughout the... So, I mean, with an A cinema score, that lead, that's... Typically, you're looking at a really high multiplier, and this movie will play for a really long time. And um, it's, I mean, if this movie can hang on to a somewhere around a 50% drop next week, then it's going to be, it's just going to be a cash cow, and it's going to make so much money. Because, mm-hmm. um, it's, we, the, the industry standard for a, a good second weekend is if, it's it's really showing the movie is showing to be really successful with fans and have a have a lasting uh, sense to it. If it drops around forty percent, that's kind of what studios hope for. But I mean, for these bigger movies that just release to these gaudy numbers and people just buy all their tickets in advance, it's really hard to replicate that percentage. So if you can kind of keep it somewhere around fifty percent, um, anywhere really below sixty is just a is a pretty decent number for this moving forward. So. Captain Marvel and this movie really the just really that gaudy number that you were mentioning just having that out there just kind of just kind of squashes all that negative press that was there because now everyone yeah. just gonna be like well it really didn't matter and sorry to your kind of your bullshit movement but it just doesn't matter for this movie because it's just gonna make so much money and be fine but really interesting because uh, hundred yeah, percent um, and as you said also it's it. When, whenever they first announced the, uh, the release date for this film, I was a little bit weary. I, I thought maybe this is too close to Endgame. But when you laid it out like that, and as we move closer to the release of this film the last couple of weeks, I thought this is definitely the perfect time to release this film. We're just, as you said, five, six weeks out from Endgame. People are going to want to go see this again right before Endgame comes out, or people that maybe want to catch up, they want to see this new character. I think it was definitely the perfect release uh, date, and I think we'll definitely see the 
the drop uh, per weekend percentage be rather low in the weekends leading up to Endgame. Uh, you might mm-hmm. see a significant drop next weekend just because that's just the way things are. But, I mean, film's going to make a ton of money. Definitely the smart move, smart move by them. Uh, I guess we'll just move from there towards uh, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which in its third weekend is, like I mentioned before, it's a $14.7 million, which is a nice chunk of change for that movie. So it's kind of moving. It's all, it's made almost $120 million, uh, domestically uh, against $129 million uh, dollar budget, and then it's made $435 million worldwide. So it's it, this movie's just becoming a solid success for Universal. It's really... I think it's just, yeah, it's just making a lot of money and it's just going to be a nice little chunk of change for them. Yeah, I definitely think that the worldwide numbers, uh, what to note this weekend for them, $435 million, that's that's a pretty uh, hefty chunk of change, as you said. And I believe this is the first uh, film for the franchise that Universal Studios is the head of, I believe. Um, yeah, I think they've actually, it's, it's weird. It's been, I want to say it's been three different studios for each film. Which has been kind of weird. Um, I know, yeah, I know it was at Fox for one of them, and it might have been Fox for the other, but I think that it's one of those weird things where it literally has been for a different studio every time. But sorry, you can continue. No, yeah, for sure. I think you're, yeah, I, I believe you're right there. But yeah, this is the first one that Universal's uh, had a hold of, and I think that they're going to be very, very happy with these numbers. Um, and, and the thing to note also with this film is it's a lower budget than uh, the last uh, film, than Hunter Training Dragon 2. The budget mm-hmm. is lower than that film. So they were smart with the way they made this film. They, they didn't want to take as many risks, I guess. Uh, maybe the marketing was higher. I'm not 100% sure. But the budget was lower, and they're, they're cashing in. They're making a lot of money. Uh, you see the domestic uh, total now up to $119.6 million. They're doing a, doing a good job with this movie. It's just going to keep making a good amount of money. I mean, there's an animated feature coming out next weekend. We'll talk about that. That's Wonder Park. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I think that How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World definitely has uh, a little bit of that animated market for now that they can continue to make a, a good amount of money that they can call, call this a, a pretty smash hit for the third film in the trilogy. Yeah, well, what do you think? This movie will probably cap out after, it'll probably make maybe close to a, another, maybe a little less than $100 million more, and probably cap out somewhere around like like $520 million worldwide, something like that. Do you think yeah, that think sounds that, like reasonable? That, that, that sounds pretty reasonable. I mean, I mean, that still puts it under How to Train a Dragon 2 by about $100 million. Because that movie made 621 when it came out, but that would put it a little bit higher than the first film. So I, I don't know if there's, I mean, the thing about these films is there's a huge gap in between the second and third. It's a five year difference between uh, yeah. the last film's release and then this one, which maybe you can attribute that to maybe why the numbers aren't going to be as high as the last film. But the 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 critic reception, audience reception, people are liking this film just as much as the last one, and it's not like it's making bad money. Maybe they knew that they needed to save a little bit of money. And uh, that's why they cut the budget a little bit. Um, but it's, it's definitely a big hit. I think it's pretty fair to assume that they'll probably top out at around 520, 530. Yeah, it's just it's just a solid hit for them. It's not a ridiculous runaway hit. But then when you look at the numbers, it's probably going to make them probably close to 100 million in profit. So uh, really just just a solid job. I think there's really not much to talk about. It's just making solid money and it's going about its about its way and it'll stick around and probably make like six or seven million each week at the U.S. box office and just kind of plug away and make some more money. So I think it's just good stuff by them, uh, by Universal. So with that, I think that moves toward moves us towards uh, Medea Family Funeral and my weird fascination with Tyler <laughs> Perry continues. 
because this movie, I mean, it, for a movie such as this one where it's so keyed into a specific audience, um, it's it's a, a 55.5% drop isn't the worst in the world. It's actually pretty decent. And I think it's there's been re- other movies where it's dropped like like 60% plus. So any like any Tyler Perry movie, any Medea movie that holds on for this long is going to do really well. And so it's made um, most of its money, basically all of its money domestically. So it's made about 46 million worldwide and uh, it's a $20 million budget. So this movie is just, it was never going to be a crazy ridiculous hit, but it didn't ever really need to be. It's just going to, it's going to probably just triple its budget and, call it a day and then Tyler Perry's just going to laugh on his throne of money once again. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, it's just a decent hit. Yeah, this film's kind of following the pace of an average Medea film. It's not blowing up like, I think, Goes to Jail. Uh, Medea Goes to Jail was the highest grossing uh, Medea film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is kind of performing as a middle-tier Medea film, which is still good. I mean, it's going to make its money, as you said, probably going to triple its budget and maybe uh, maybe and then some. Uh, but yeah, $12 million this weekend for this film still in 2,442 theaters. They're still really plugging away. And uh, Tyler, Perry actually, Tyler Perry actually put out a tweet. He was a little bit upset last weekend when he saw the numbers come out. He was happy with the opening weekend last weekend, but he was upset at the uh, theater count. He really, he wanted this film to have more theaters. And I think that he's right. I think last weekend, if this movie had even another 500 theaters per se, it probably would have been the number one movie last weekend overtaking How to Train Your Dragon 3. That's just the way things are. That's just the way uh, the distributors uh, make things. But the film's doing well for what it is. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea because I would would have thought that right around this theater counts like the perfect amount for it just because it's just so local. There's just... There's just a certain group of people that are going to go see this movie and everyone else is just not going to care at all is my my point of view. So, um, but hey, it's making money. Um, And I think another really good thing about these movies is they, I'm pretty sure, uh, don't quote me on this, you other bloggers listening to this out here, but, or just anyone else, but it's, I'm pretty sure they pay all their uh, actors up front. So there's really no points or anything like on like that. So, okay. Like it's pretty easy for these movies to make a profit and not have to worry about any back end work. I think Tyler Perry is literally the only person who has points in these movies. So, yeah, it's gonna be fine. We don't really don't need to worry about this movie oh, at yeah. all. So, yeah, and then he's the, he's the director, writer, producer. He's getting all the points. Yeah, and he's just that his net worth is, just keeps going up, and it's just crazy to think about how much money he has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess for that, it's really all I have to say with there. And so we move to four and five with. Two movies that we've talked quite a bit about in the last few weeks. We have Lego Movie 2 at almost 4 million and Lita at, at 3 million. Um, I really don't have much to say about these movies. Do you have any takes either way? I'll say one little thing about Alita. So 78 million now domestically. It's not looking like I, I've been really rooting for it. I think the magic number is 100 million. I think it needs 22 million more in, the, in North America hit that 100 million mark domestically. It's got 300 million overseas. That'll put it significantly above 400 million. Maybe we'll get a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. I think that this movie could, it, it really did slow down. Um, Lego Movie 2 took a pretty decent drop, only 42%. But I mean, Alita uh, slowed down a little bit overseas and it's not looking too good. 
Honestly, I'm just I kind of want Lita to have a sequel just for your own sake because you've just been championing this movie and I really love it. <laughs> I mean, um, like it's, it's not my favorite of the year. I don't think it was perfect by any means, but I had a ton of fun watching it and I I was intrigued and I wanted more. Oh yeah, and I mean I think that that's kind of the fatal flaw of this movie as well, where it's literally kind of one massive setup to the next movie that I'd rather see. Um, yeah, it's still it's still a really entertaining movie that I found just really interesting and bizarre, but. Um, I mean, going to the end of that movie, I'd kind of want to see weird Edward Norton, uh, evil guy in the sky against Alita, which would be just a just a weird just movie that I'm <laughs> very interested in. But yeah, it's it's making its money. I imagine it'll probably probably get to four hundred million. Um, I see that's kind of where I see it tapping out. But eh, yeah, oh well. Sorry. I mean, Alita's. I mean. It'll probably, I mean, when Fox sells the DVD rights and streaming stuff, it'll probably make, probably break even again, maybe. I don't know, but it's not, nothing really new to talk about here. We've kind of beaten it to death, I think. So, yeah, I agree. I think let's move into some fun odds and ends here. I just kind of want to mention really quick, and we can go back and forth with our little points of interest here. Uh, I just, Apollo 11 opened, it expanded into... Uh, it's now in uh, 405 theater theaters around the country. Um, I think I said last week that I was going to open to a couple thousand, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes just don't listen to me. They <laughs> um, might keep, I think it's going to keep expanding, but it made at 1.3 million, which that's um, a decent amount of money for that movie. I mean, if you look at the per average, uh, the per theater average it's one of the better ones this week in the top 10 so it's it's making a decent amount of money it's uh, it's definitely a good IMAX viewing this is my Alita where I just want people to go see this movie um uh this is I really what would be really interesting is is the sequel <laughs> uh no I just just kidding there. I don't I don't, honestly I don't even know about Apollo 12, Apollo 12 but, yeah <laughs> isn't there like a Quick side check. Wasn't there like a weird horror movie? It was like Apollo 18. It was like some weird horror movie. I think you're right. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> Let's move on. Do um, you have anything else? Do you have anything you really wanted to touch on? You know what I want to touch on this week? We got uh, a little bit of a theater expansion for the Cat Video Fest 2019. That's something I think that should be noted. <laughs> Colin, where are you at? <laughs> Up to 55 theaters. The movie had a 624% uh, bump uh, boost this weekend. It's up to 141,000 this weekend, uh, 216,000 overall. Cat Video Fest 2019, making some money. <laughs> you know what's actually, actually really funny? I was hanging out with my family this weekend, and I mean, we were just kind of casually talking. And my sister, who shout out to my sister <laughs> for a second, where she sees like every year, she probably sees like the Pixar movie that comes out, or like. If there's a if there's a Fantastic Beast slash Harry Potter movie, she goes sees that. She doesn't see yeah. a ton of movies, but okay. she's like looking at her phone and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I really want to see the Cat Video Fest thing." <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was just so funny. It's just a, it's just one of those fun little oddities you see that come into theaters every so often. Just yeah, just a fun cool. little. Um, I wanted to mention this is one of the more interest like just weird and kind of interesting things I've seen this year. I want to talk about the kid, which. Opened in 268 theaters this week in the U.S. It made about half a million, about 505,000. This movie was buried 
it had not it had, didn't have any kind of marketing push it it's it's trailer dropped i think like three weeks ago it was really interesting because i saw the trailer drop on on youtube i was like oh that'll probably be an interesting movie it'll probably come out later this summer and then i was looking at the movies that come out for this week and it was the kid was opening against captain marvel and i was like what is this like for anyone that doesn't know this is a this is a a a different telling of the uh the billy the kid uh story with um it's a vincent d'onofrio movie he directed this movie and it stars ethan hawk and dane dehan and even Chris Pratt in a in a sort of a villain turn, which is just a very interesting and just contrary to everything we've seen in his career. And it's just it's so weird that a movie with like those people involved would not get some type of uh, larger mar- release. It's just a very interesting thing. And I mean, I've seen review like typically when you see that type of thing, it, it's like, oh, it must be like the worst movie ever made if it has those names in it it's, and it's getting buried. But it's getting mixed to negative reviews i mean it looks like it's just kind of a disposable movie if anything that's just it's just a weird thing you would have thought that that movie would have been pushed more and maybe may, would have made like a couple million at the box office so don't really know it's just a weird weird little tidbit i thought yeah i think definitely probably the marketing i mean i didn't i i saw the movie coming up on the uh, release schedule but i never really knew anything about it until today when you told me actually that it was chris pratt ethan hawk uh dane DeHaan. i mean <laughs> i didn't really know uh, too much about this film who uh, yeah definitely I, I would have expected this to do better more more uh, theaters more marketing but they just they just didn't decide to do that yeah. i think chris pratt's definitely relying on uh all the big name franchises for his career <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a weird outlier that we're gonna in a couple of years when chris pratt's done a few more movies we're gonna be like wait what's what is this credit on imdb for the kid and then i don't know it's just it's just so weird you would just think that even a movie with these stars in it would just they would just push it out in the theaters but i guess not um i don't know it's weird is is there anything else you really want to cover um this weekend not too much i mean you see a lot of the oscar films they're kind of dropping off a lot of their uh big big drops for them this weekend uh a lot of them in the 60 65 range theaters dropping so the oscar movie should be uh pretty much out pretty soon um, and then we'll kind of get moving in with the ne- uh, rest of the year, which is what is a little bit more fun, especially yeah. after uh, a long, long Oscar season. Um, yes, it's very long. <laughs> but yeah, not, not not too much else to talk about. Uh, all Denens, but I am looking forward to next yeah. weekend. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I just want to touch on on two more things and really yeah. quickly, and then we can move on to next weekend because I do. I also think next weekend is going to be really interesting. A lot of interesting films opening but we i want to touch on two a24 movies uh we had climax expanded in in air quotes we this is a audio (laughs) medium so you can't hear me saying that you can't see me saying that but what um it's opened there's at 28 theaters this week um i actually got the chance to see it um bizarre little film that's going to be like a lightning rod where some people are going to come out of it thinking it's very interesting and just like in your face and other people are just going to kind of probably just reject it altogether. Um, if you want to see an hour and a half of people just, just tripping balls, uh, that's, this is the climax is the movie for you. And there's some cool dance sequences in there, but I thought it was actually kind of boring. Um, and scenes went on too long, but it made 110, uh, thousand, 111,000, um, almost 4,000 per screen, which 
That's pretty good. I'm, I imagine that movie will, will continue to expand a little bit and it'll probably tap out at a few hundred uh, theaters and probably go to like 300 maybe at its max. Um, so interesting little tidbit there. And the other A24 movie, which just actually opened this week, is Gloria Bell, uh, which opened in five theaters in New York and L.A. And it was, other than Captain Marvel, was the per the per screen average winner. It made about 31000 per screen. Um, people, a lot of this movie is kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like a romance movie, like for the older generation. It stars Julianne Moore, who's just, who's playing her, her current age. So she's about 58 and just like looking, it's talks about like looking for love as you're and you're in that stage of life. So uh, a lot of people are touting, it's getting amazing reviews and people are touting it as one of the first best, like one of the first great indie movies of 2019. So Gloria Bell is probably something to watch in in coming weeks because it's definitely going to continue to expand. And I'm, I'm actually really excited to go see that movie. I'm going to try to go see that this weekend, but yeah, that's that's interesting for sure. I think definitely we'll see it expand. Uh, definitely as it being an A24 film with a good reception, we'll probably see it expand for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think with that, I think it's this week. This week was all about Captain Marvel, really, pretty much. So mm-hmm. I think next week, I think next week is going to be the really interesting thing. So why don't we just dive right into that? We have a bunch of films opening next week. Kind of see this is the uh, this is the this is what happens normally when a Marvel movie kind of kind of comes in a lot of movies a lot of a lot of uh studios hold off to release until the next the following weekend so that the captain marvel can get all of its money and then they'll kind of come in afterwards so we have wonder park opening in about uh 3500 theaters and we have five feet apart which kind of look, looks like a fatal romance movie uh with Col with uh cole sprouse so that's a fun yeah. little um and then the last one which is Thing that you're really looking forward to, which is Captive State, which is in 2,200 uh, theaters. So, uh, where do you want to start here? You know what? I'll start. Let's let's go for me. Uh, I'll start with Captive State. I'll I'll talk a little bit about that. I'm looking forward to this movie for sure. It's actually my number number three most anticipated film of the year. Um, so March has been a pretty good month for me. I mean, I'm looking forward to us. Looking forward to Dumbo. I think Dumbo looks good. Captive State mm-hmm. is the one though this month that I was looking out for. Um, Rupert Wyatt is the director. He's uh, the who the in one who directed Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He didn't do Dawn or War, but he did the uh, first film there, which I think is a very good movie. He definitely showed his worth with that. You have John Goodman in, in this movie. You have uh, uh, Ashton Sanders there. He was in um, Moonlight. I think that this is this could be a. I don't want to. I, I think it could underperform at the box office. Uh, especially with it only being in 2,200 theaters, but you have a 25 million dollar budget. It's pretty safe. It's it's like a it's a sci-fi alien invasion type movie, but with the with the talent that's attached to this, it's just something about it screams uh, to me that it's going to be one of those films that is low key really good, kind of like Rise of the Planet of the Apes when it first came out. No one expected it to be great. It turned out to be a great film, and it and it spawned a terrific trilogy. I think Captive State could be that movie this year, and I'm really hoping it is. I have no idea how it's going to be, but I'm really hoping it's great. So that's that's a film that I'm going to be seeing uh, opening night Thursday. And I hope everyone, you know what, just give it a chance. Check out Captive State if it's near you, because I think this is a film that could shock a lot of people if it goes the way that obviously I hope. Yeah, there's I think I see it as like a really it's a big it's a high variance um, situation where it has I could I could really see this movie not necessarily breaking out, but really 
having decent legs at the box office and opening with a respectable, maybe like, like low, like, like low, like maybe like a 10 or 11, like somewhere in like low teens, maybe. Um, and then just kind of really like legging it out. Or I could also see this movie bombing and then just really kind of disappearing rather quickly. Um, this movie, it's, it looks, it, it reminded me of like kind of shades of district nine, but in reverse where yeah. the alien, like where the aliens are now keeping the, uh, the, all the humans at, in their confined spaces. And it looks like a really interesting high concept, uh, socially aware, uh, thriller, um, with some really cool, uh, alien effects with like those little spiky, little spiky, like gooey things that kind of move without, it's just interesting. It's a really interesting low budget way of having a, a cool force in your movie. So, um, yeah, I kept, I really hope I'm hoping for the best of this movie. I'm also probably going to go see it, uh, Thursday night or Friday and, I just yeah, I'm hoping the best. This is a focus features movie, so they kind of work with prestige style movies. So we'll see. This is a yeah, fun one. Yeah, you know one. what? I think oh. I think it's refreshing too because you have so many franchises that dominate the box office. I just want to see this isolated film do well on its own. I know it's not going to be a big money hit, but I think that it could be. I mean, if if it turns out to be a good sci-fi film, it's one that I could be talking about for a while. Who knows? I really hope it's good. I'm rooting for it. Great talent attached, so I hope it's a I hope it's a hit for sure. Yeah, there's not a lot of. I mean, there's. I really root for kind of middle to lower budget sci-fi. I just think that's a really cool uh, realm for films. So yeah, really hoping for the most most of this one. Um, I guess move on to Wonder Park. Uh, I don't really really know what to think of this movie. Um, I think you mentioned before we just got on that they were gonna have it's gonna be a TV show later on this year because it's involved with Paramount, so it'll probably it can move towards Nickelodeon or yep. a lot of Paramounts television influences but i could also see this movie this is another high variance one for me where i mean it's it's going to be a good thing for kids who don't really or it looks like it's skewing towards as far as animated movies go like young like like very young audiences so that might be a good um kind of different thing for people for parents who don't think their children can take can stomach captain marvel quite yet for a few more years or things like that so i could see this movie really opening well like making like 20 30 million but i could really i don't really know what the tracking numbers are i gotta check on that but i could see this movie tanking or just kind of legging it out like we mentioned with captive state but i don't know it's opening really wide so paramount's really definitely trying to give this one a chance so we'll see yeah, i don't know that's a little bit of an update too. the 3500 theaters is what it's going to open in next week uh i know a couple of days ago it was only at 2800 so oh. they they pushed it a little bit after 3500 which is it, it's it will help them out for sure because they're going to be getting they're going to be kind of dipping in different uh, pockets of uh, markets, getting getting more money, accumulating more money overall. But I mean, I could see this movie tanking. I could see it doing fine. I it could be the Sherlock Gnomes of the year. I think that's <laughs> we, t- we talked about before we went on. Uh, kind of that animated movie that kind of tanks. I mean, it has a a one hundred million dollar budget. That's a little bit um, that that's that's, that's cause crazy to me in my opinion. I mean, if, if this was more of a $50 million, 60, 70, uh, a little bit safer, but at a hundred million dollars, it, it's, it's somewhat of a risk. And I think you have, you have a pretty good cast, um, uh, some big names attached to this, so it could do okay. But I mean, it, it could be a disaster as well. I'm not hundred percent sure how this movie's going to turn out. 
the trailers, I liked the first trailer when I saw it a little while ago, but all the teasers that have come out since then, kind of all the uh, commercial clips, you're right, they've all kind of skewed to very young audiences. I I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it does. Yeah, I think this is just going to be one of those one of those animated movies that um, us kind of adults, I guess I'm an adult now, I still think I'm a child at heart, but <laughs> just like, I just like we'll see this movie, just get nothing out of it because it just won't be for adults in any way i just think yeah i think this is really skewing heavily towards kids and i mean if it's gonna go become a tv show later on this year as as you mentioned it's i think yeah it's just gonna play to its it's gonna be a weird play because it'll, it'll play to its core and i can't imagine that what talented voice cast will stay on for the tv show but anyway i just uh, just a kind of a weird movie that will that that's another high variance one and i kind of go into the last the last movie, uh, Lionsgate's Five Feet Apart, which is another um, like terminal illness romance movie that <laughs> that just seems to come out at the beginning of the year every year. Um, it's with Cole Sprouse. That's kind of fun. And um, I really, really, really know what to expect from this movie either. Uh, I think it, it could be a lot of these movies. It's either they really like it out because there's the ro- the romance like people who will go out to see romance movies are th- that audience is typically underserved so if they yeah. really like it if they really like it they'll just go out and see this movie for just constantly and i mean Cole Sprouse and i really love Haley Lou Richardson i think she's a really really fun actress who was in one of my favorite movies of the year last year and support the girls and she was one of my, she was arguably the best part of that movie so uh, and for those that don't know she was one of the the side girl, uh, one of the supporting uh, women in Split, uh, she was uh, with Anya Taylor Joy, um, held captive by James McAvoy. So she's had some fun indie movies that she's and she's been slowly. I don't really think much of her when I first saw her in movies, but she's slowly becoming a fun actress that I like to see pop up in movies. So um, I just you watch this trailer and you just kind of know where it's going to lead. <laughs> it's yeah. one of two things. Um, there's just, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so this isn't technically a spoiler, but they both have terminal illnesses and I wonder what's going to happen. And they have, it's a, they're in love and (laughs) overblown emotions. I wonder what's going to happen. And I imagine this movie will go for tears, but, um, I could see this movie making a nice little chunk of change. And we kind of talk about this for the next few weeks. Um, I don't know. It's a weird weird one. If these types of movies market well, they can get a good, audience they can make good money i know i'll probably check it out just because cole sprouse got to support that uh, sweet life zach and cody <laughs> uh zach and cody gang there but i must exactly. say must say that i think that this could get the fault in our stars crowd but yeah i don't I think agree. the marketing has been that strong i don't know maybe they're not spending a ton on it but i haven't i haven't seen too much hype for this film um so i think it'll it'll be interesting to also see how that performs that's the thing about next weekend that's just so interesting we have three films that are all kind of tossed up in the air. Um, and it's going to be a real fun show next weekend, for sure. Yeah, it's just one last thing on Five Feet Apart. It is a it is a famous uh, novel, romance novel. Okay. Um, so, I mean, written by uh, Rachel uh, Lippincott. I think that's how you say her last name. But, um, so, I mean, it has some type of built-in audience. And hopefully, I don't know, I think that's maybe that's what Lionsgate and CBS Films are hoping for there. But, um I don't know. It's a weird little movie. It's, yeah, it's I'm sure it doesn't this... have the biggest budget either. I'm sure it's, yeah. I'm sure it's a safe, safe budget. 
I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how fine it is, how much money it can make. <laughs> yeah, if I'm being honest, um, and I, I think I might speak for a lot of people, I think a lot of people are just going to save their money for us next week. Yeah, weeks, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get to that bridge. Uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, I think that does it for this week, buddy. Uh, do you have anything else? Any parting shots? Any hot takes? Um, you know what? I just wanted to also make one more point about Wonder Park. There, what they're doing is trying to pull off what they did with Jimmy Neutron. So oh, you go back, you go back to the core when Jimmy Neutron the movie came out. The show started a couple months later. So uh, on Nickelodeon. So, I mean, you have Wonder Park here that's going to maybe try to uh, – it's probably not going to be a hit like Jimmy Neutron was. Um, but it seems like that's the, um, that's the path they're taking. That's kind of the script that they're following. Interesting. Well, I, that was not a hot take, but that was a great way to end, <laughs> drop some knowledge before we get out of here. But uh, all right, Brennan, uh, we, we were shorthanded this week, uh, but I think we managed all right. Uh, shout out to Colin. Hopefully he comes yep. back this week. Um, I don't really know what people's schedules are around here. We just kind of show up and record. <laughs> so oh, yeah. maybe, who knows, maybe I'll talk to myself. But anyway, um, <laughs> thanks to everybody good. listening out there. And uh, we'll hope, we hope you tune in next week. Uh, stay safe. Have fun. Bye.